so Michael, we were just talking about the weather there, and um, I'm here in Dublin, Ireland, and it's bucketing down, and you're in LA, I think, right? No, I'm in San Francisco, just south of San Francisco. Okay, that one for start. <laughs> well, it's all the same thing. It's West Coast. It's California, West Coast. <laughs> all right, but I really freaking hate the Lakers right now. They're just they're killing, they're killing the Warriors. Right. So, so you're a world expert in. Uh, digital ID and authentication. And I met you last year, and I was—I said to you earlier, and I'm not just saying this because we're on the podcast, I found you really interesting, engaging speaker, and, you know, you know this topic, and it's really, it's a new area that I think we're only scratching the surface of. I mean, that, would that be fair? Uh, I believe because of the fundamental technologies of identity and personal data, more is going to change in the next five years than has in the last hundred so yes, mm, okay. my answer to your question is yes. Yes, is, we're just scratch, scratch, scratching the surface, but we're about to experience unprecedented exponential change. Yeah, I, I mean it's really fascinating. Like we've all got passwords um, at the yin yang, and you know we're all, I'm a really sophisticated password guy. I got a password manager, etc. Cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But really, that's still very primitive stuff. Really, it's it's. You know, where you can see what's possible, and even the, and and maybe you you be know more about this than I would. The idea of a digital entity that is you represented on the on the internet. Yeah, I mean that's a, yeah that's happening too. You know, one could call that your doppelganger, your your virtual self. I mean, there there are things like that happening as well. I mean, that when you said talked about a password manager, the thing that came to mind is you know that's basically you know. That's digital protection 101. That's like putting on your diapers in the morning, right? You, you, know, you, you just got to do it, uh, you know, and we all have to be doing it. Um, uh, there are um, you know, so many steps that we need to be taking as society to understand the nature and flows of identity and personal data throughout uh, our world's economies and our world's societies and what that means to us. Um, there are actions that we, the, the primary three actors that each of us need to be taking in the marketplace, and those actors are the individuals, your private organizations, aka enterprises, for instance, nonprofits, and then you have your public organizations, aka government. Yeah. Okay, so so, so Michael, you were you were talking there was three there's three entities that you were yeah. So 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 if we were to say, if and maybe maybe I, we can position it this way. Let's so there's two ways to approach what's happening, you know, and I don't or I don't really want to call it a a market or this or that, because depending on your lens or where you're looking at it, we're all going to label this thing we're seeing quite differently. Um, you know, it's basically, it's the the parable of, you know, when three blind people go and feel an elephant, you know, one's feeling the tail, one's feeling the tusk, one's feeling the toe, and they're all experiencing something different, but it, it in its whole, it's all an elephant, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's where we are at in today's world society. Um We've and so long story short, we have this thing we're calling personal data. We have this thing we're calling identity, and they are probably the most important constructs that uh, are uh, availing themselves of today's uh, social zeitgeist that mm -hmm. anyone could possibly imagine. Uh, and, right. let, and and let me put it up in this in this way. Um, if you think about the three primary actors, the categorical actors that we have in the industry today that are producing and consuming data, right? And let's just start with this idea of data, right? Those three actors are the individual, right? 
the private institution, well, it, well, for this conversation, we'll call them the enterprise, but it could be a mm-hmm. nonprofit, other labels. And then the public institution, government and or other labels that we might wrap around those entities. And if you were to draw a Venn diagram where the select, each, each of those three groups, the individual, the enterprise and the public, a private institution, the public institution slightly overlap, you know, you have, you'll have, you'll see relationships. So people right. work with enterprises, people work with public institutions, enterprises work with, you know, private enterprises work with public institutions or, or private institutions. And so there's value exchange happening between those. And then at the intersection, there's what we're going to call the community commons or, the, you know, where the, where there's value that's happening amongst the intersection of all three. Right. That's really interesting. Yeah. So each of them have. And, and so when you think about that, there is value exchange happening in each one of those. And then there's that community value exchange, that civic value exchange that's happening as well. And that collectively, we're going to call that the community commons. Now, right. And would that be but, sort of... um a legal uh, concept that community common or is it there's other aspects to that there absolutely other aspects there's legal aspects of it there's social aspects of it there's social norms aspects of it there's cultural norms aspects of it i mean and that's the challenge uh, of that we're going to down here and if you think about the idea of an uh, individual this is really important too when we look at the idea of an individual well what is an individual right we'll naturally assume well that individual is me Right. Michael Becker, the human being, Pat Flynn, the human being. Well, guess what? An individual can also be an enterprise. An mm. individual can also be a government. An individual can also be a group, right? right? Because those are entities that should be able to have some sense of agency and autonomy over self. Whereas right. the enterprise on the other side is acting more as a commercial group, providing some form of commercial function. The government is acting as a more of a con- commercial group providing some function. So in some instances, for instance, a government is both the government, but it's also acting on behalf as an individual consuming services from other governments and other enterprises. Right. So it's, it's multifaceted um, relationships. Correct. Correct. And now here's and here's the critical point that, that I look at when I think about where we're going down the world today. So we have, uh, I call it the, the personal data and identity meeting of the waters. And the analogy I use is what's happening down in the Amazon. So, and it happens in other parts of the world as well. But down in the Amazon, there's this natural phenomenon called the meeting of the waters. And just envision this, put this in your mind. You have this mm-hmm. Amazon river. And in some cases too, it's so big that you can be standing on one side of the river and you can't see the other side. That's right. how big the Amazon is in some places. And so when you're looking at the Amazon River, this coffee-colored river filled with mud, and it looks like a really rich cappuccino, hmm. um, that's the Amazon River. And it's been going on for miles. And in our case, we're going to call that the organizational-centric approach to personal data and identity. Hmm. This mining of data, the fact that we've been using this data to be able to connect and engage and, and, and interact with people. But in that context, or personal data has been used in primarily two ways. One is either an either an enterprise asset mm-hmm. or a social engineering tool, hmm. meaning that the company is either going to own that data as an asset for itself, or the government is going to use it as a means to engineer society in the way it wants the cultural norms to form. Right, and so that you know, it, very loosely speaking, we're you know, so that's sure, kind of the yeah. horizontal view of it. Now, interestingly enough. Now, this in the United States, at least, the conversation, and the, if you think about the tributaries and all the elements that feed into a river, interestingly enough, in the United States, the other, you know, down, let's go back to the Amazon. So you have the, the Amazon River, and then it meets up with this other river called the Rio Negro. 
-hmm. And the Rio Negro is this black river filled with all this organic material that's coming up out of the jungle. And when the two rivers meet, they, they call it a confluence. And when the two rivers meet, they don't actually merge. Mm. They do not merge because they have different speeds, temperatures, and densities. Mm. And those two rivers coexist now in the same riverbed for six kilometers. Huh. So 3.7 miles. You can visually see on one side is the Capuchino River and on the other side is Black. <laughs> the right? Guinness River. We call that the, the Guinness, Guinness River. We'll call it the Guinness River, right? Because they're in <laughs> right? So on one side, you've got the Capuchino. On the other side, you've got a Guinness. And they're not merging. And that's right. the exact same thing that's happening in society today. You have two approaches to how we're doing personal data. On one mm -hmm. side, you have the enterprises and asset and social engineering approach, the, the, the Amazon River. And on the other side, you have this people-centric approach, this human-centric approach, where we're saying, no, 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 all of this identity, all of this personal data, all of this information that's being created is actually about an individual. Hmm. Right. It's a, and they should, in fact, then have agency of that data. They should have control over that data. Right. They should be protected from that data. And that, and we're going to call that the human, the people centric or the human centric approach. And, really on that, and on that approach, then you have two other concepts. You have human, you know, personal data as a human right versus personal data as a community commons that yeah, benefits yeah. all of society. And we are now reached in that. And I believe based on my research, we hit that confluence point in around 2020 hmm. where the organizational centric approach is now merged with this people centric approach. And just like down in the Amazon, it will not be measured in miles. It's going to be measured in years. And the question is how many years is it going to take for these two approaches to come back together? Hmm. So okay. are, are you, are you saying Michael, that there, there could be like um, a, a Michael Becker uh, digital entity that has legal, and social aspects to it out there. And in the future, this will be what it is. There won't be Facebook or whatever. And then you know, Michael ben Michael Becker, Facebook, and Michael Becker's um, social well, yeah, and, I, and I'm not even saying in the future. I'm telling you it's happening right now. Right, right. So William Gibson is always has a famous quote that's attributed to him that says, the future is already here. It's just unevenly distributed. <laughs> right. There are over 57 personal information management solution providers today and probably well over 100 right. that are enabling me to have control over my data. And if you look at like what's happening in the EU with the EIDAS regulations and this movement towards um you know, we used to call it self-sovereign identity, but people don't like that terminology anymore. So we're now calling it smart wallets. We're calling mm. it open wallets. We're calling it personal information management services. We're calling it the internet of me. Basically, mm. a, a suite of data or of tools that will cryptographically bind data to an identity to which I'm in control of. And so therefore, we can then build systematic systemic trust back into the market because right. I no longer have to trust the person that has maybe hosting my data because they can't do anything without that data, without me providing the key. And that right. key could be my biometrics. That key, be, key could be any number of different things. Um, right. And do you think, do you think that there'll be multiple say private um, providers doing that? Or you think it'll be government mandated or is that sort of unclear at the moment? Well, well, it, 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 let's be very clear. It is government. It will be government. EIDAS. Mm -hmm. The global EIDAS regulation that says we are going to give every European citizen a digitally cryptographically controlled wallet mm. that they can interact with uh, you know, civic services, but at the same time, 
those corporations or those uh, public institutions that want to participate in this framework can. That's what we're talking about. Right. So this right. is going to happen now across all of Europe and then the rest of the world. And this right. no. and the regulatory framework, just so we're very clear, the regulatory framework from this people-centric approach, mm. they, they estimate that they, being Gartner particularly, by 2025 suggests that 75% of the world's population will fall under one or more regulatorily regulatorily mandated protections to give people control of their data. Hmm. So this is That's happening amazing. globally. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's uh, and, you know, just say on the negative side, first of all, I think both of us would be optimistic. We see this as a positive thing. What hmm. do you think? Is there a negative side to it? Are people going oh, to say? Like, well, 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 yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And let me talk <laughs> about that, right? So so this is really exciting. So put, put it in your mind. Yeah. Amazon River, uh, Rio Negro, Cappuccino, Guinness. They've met that. They've met this this inflection point. That inflection point is called the confluence, and they're now going down the river. And as you're down in the river, you know, one side's coffee, one side's black. They're not merging or mixing. Mm-hmm. We, as a society globally, and as a society regionally, are at a crossroads. So right. now imagine you standing at a crossroads, and you're sitting there scratching your head. Do I turn left? Do I turn right? Do I go straight? Here's my view on it. I believe if we do not take proactive, conscious, consciously aware driven action, entropy is going to push us to the left. Hmm. We're going to go down this road where Brave New World meets Soylent Green, meets Gattaca, meets <laughs> Animal Farm, meets 1984, <laughs> we're going to be down into a dystopian world where Orwell will be have considered an optimist. Right, right. Where we will have no control over self. Right. Right. Really, and if, I would have thought you would have been a bit, I don't mean this in a bad way, because I think you're being realistic, to be honest. Um, you can see that you, you you're, it's the obvious negatives you've just explained. They're, they're, massive. Know- they're, they're absolutely massive. And if you categorize them, it's, you know, it's emotional anxiety. It's loss of time. It's um, your know, loss of money because I'm now needing to spend, you need to go spend money on a password manager mm. because you can't, you can't trust society to, to do the right stewardship thing. Right. Right. So you're now losing time and money. Yeah, you know, because of that. The other right. thing is loss of reputation. You know, unfortunately, in the world of the digital world, you you are not actually in control of your reputation. And increasingly, the algorithm generates your reputation, not you. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. if your data gets breached and you happen to have going on to like, let's say you're on an adult site and your data gets breached and now your reputation is being influenced by that. Yeah. Or your let's say, and this has actually happened, this is going to lead to the next uh, one, and I'll get back to in a minute. And then the next pillar there of is all of the frauds, identity thefts, and all of the other things that can happen in society. And it's unfortunate, but it's really only that area where we are today protected in most uh, 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 modern governments around the world. Right. Only when you can demonstrate that someone has misused your data and you have... Um, uh, experience some form of tangible, measurable financial loss. Mm-hmm. Will you be remunerated for any of these harms? Mm. But the, could be, the, your worst, the, as you say, your worst loss could be your reputational. Loss no, no, reputation. the worst one is death. So, um, you, you know, well, it happens all the time. You get well, outed no. <laughs> as a you know high school kid gets outed as a homosexual. 
And oh, sorry. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, sorry. Right? My, my, my data is getting tracked and my the stalker kills me. Uh, yeah. The hospital experiences a data breach and statistically the hospital's death rates will go up. Yeah, so you're you're saying, yeah, okay, no, sorry, that's a really good explanation. That's sort of damn serious, you might put it that way. It's damn serious. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that the the ment- uh, go back to the anxiety. How much of a cost can you put on mental health? Mm. This is stressing us all out. And that mental health then results into physical disease because the dis-ease turns into disease. Mm. And then we end up getting heart problems and a whole bunch of other issues. So mm. this is big time problematic. And if we end up taking that hard left, I mean, Brave, Brave New World is going to be the sunny light, uh, you know, kindergarten. Blade Runner will be this, mm. will be the, the kindergarten of, of, of du jour. I mean, <laughs> it's going to get ugly, right? Now, we're at the crossroads, right? We haven't turned left yet. We can right. see it. If we turn right, where we, again, and turning left means in the Amazon River, the Amazon River properties are so powerful, they dilute the people-centric ones to nothing. Right. Right? That's that's the hard left. Mm. Take the hard right, you mm. go down to this happy, rosy path in this, this perspective, this utopian path to which everyone has agency of self. Mm. I am complete control of myself. I have self-sovereignty. And in the end, that too has its own major problems, right? Mm-hmm. Because if everyone's got agency... How do we actually run society at any semblance of scale? Mm-hmm. How do you actually, you know, you have no controls. That going hard left to pure agency leads to total anarchy and chaos. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then, so, so, and so then an example that might be um, if you're sort of say required to give a new photograph for your driver's license for the sake of argument and you don't concur. Yeah. Then, what do you, you do? know, uh, because of, because of privacy, shall we say the privacy rules, you don't have right. to give it. But the clear thing is, like, it's actually a good thing for society for people to have valid right. driver's license. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So then you got to have it, right? So at some level, and I'm talking about the extreme. So on the extreme, mm. the utopian level, society breaks down too, mm. right? So on either extremes, we've got very systemic problems and systematic problems. And even mm-hmm. Huxley on the far right had said in his book, Island, right? No utopia can sustain itself. You know, at some point, they fall apart at the extreme. Right. So. That leaves us only one really logical path to, to follow, and that's the middle path. Mm. So when we go straight, I call that middle path the identity nexus. Mm. And here's the thing. What is the identity nexus? It's that center part of the Venn diagram we talked about earlier, where individuals, private, and public institutions meet. And at that center, we as society need to strive for achieving the equilibrium state of the value to risk reward ratio between individuals, public institutions, and private institutions, and the exchange of our personal data. Plus, that's a great explanation, Michael. That's, that's yeah, really and one cool. more point. Plus, yeah. and the, yeah. to complete the formula, plus the net value of the positives and net and negatives that can occur at a community level. Mm-hmm. And I call that formula the identity nexus equation. And here's the thing. And I fundamentally in my heart of hearts believe this. This is going to be analogous to the unemployment rate and inflation rate. And we're going to, as a society, drive to that. We're going to find some equilibrium state where we can say the risk reward ratio for each of the actors and the and the and the and society as a whole will be in some acceptable balance. And mm. we'll achieve some acceptable equilibrium. Um, and 
I believe we have to be striving to achieve that because if we don't, we're either going to be going left or right. right. And I believe okay. whoever solves that formula is going to win a Nobel Prize. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I, you know, I'm only I'm only grasping with the implications of what you're. Um, you know, when I start thinking about what you just said, you know, that you can see the implications are found. To be honest, you know, so look, absolutely staggering. <laughs> so the, yeah, but the point being, I was just saying though, you know, where we end up ten years from now, yeah, will determine will be determined based on where where we start today. Do we turn left, go right, go straight? Mm -hmm. And those are the choices that we need to be making today. Let, let me just put something to you. The, the EU is often criticized, uh, particularly, I guess, by uh, US-based um, uh, people for being an over-regulated regulated market, shall we say, right? Uh, now, you see, I think there's two sides to that. Like GDPR is, you could argue in one sense is over-regulated, but, you know, it is still seen as a gold standard for what would be required. Do you think the EIDAS is going to be a sort of similar standard with sort of positives and negatives? What do you, what do you think? Well, I mean, everything has its positive negatives. Um, I th what I really love about it is it's going to be um, forcing, you know, a certain that that it's forcing that equilibrium state, if you will, at an at a at a regional level, aka across all of Europe. Mm. You know, and I find that really valuable. Now, the concerns and questions that we have, though, and this is what we need to continue to understand and untease, is. At the end of the day, the wallet where my credential sits is really mm -hmm. what EIDAS is about. What we've yet to really figure out, though, is who gets to put that credential in the wallet? Mm -hmm. And how much do I trust that source of truth? Mm -hmm. And what can we trust about that? And who actually gets to be in control of that? So while the mechanics of what EIDAS are awesome, uh, is awesome, and we actually have two sessions talking specifically about EADS and the regulatory models and how they'll merge into smart wallets. It's again, epic. It's going to be, I cannot wait for myself to hear it. <laughs> um, it it's going to be really interesting. But I, I again, I think that the, the challenge that we're going to have to have is, um, you know, how is that going to really effectively roll itself out? And there's this, you know, if you want to go all conspiracy theory, um, the, 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 the scary thing is, Everyone then gets a digital ID. All of our money becomes digital. And then somewhere, somewhere along the line, a centralized controller then can say, oh, bad actor, turn them off. Hmm. Hmm. Right. And that's yeah. the scary part. Right. And so, well, then, so that, that's the um, the left turn we talked about. Yeah. Earlier. Well, it's a version of the left turn. So what we need hmm. to realize and figure out is how do we balance this idea of centralized control with decentralized control? centralized access to data with decentralized access to data, contributions of my data for me to be able to be in control of it myself, but for me to be able to share it with others. Uh, and then does it, and, and, and also, but also share it with the community, what we call the community commons. So there's mm -hmm. a really lot of, uh, uh, of thorny issues that we need to be careful of. The other thing I think we need to be careful of is um, the exporting of these regulations. And, and from a legal perspective, it's called, um, you, know, you know, regulatory transplants. Mm. And so, for example, we're starting to see a little bit of this where, you know, the African nations are looking to ingest European-like, GDPR-like regulatory frameworks into Africa because they want to do business with Europe. Mm. But then think about it. Europe is primarily an individualistic driven society, as is the United States. 
Mm-hmm. African societies tend to be more uh, community centric, cultural, uh, you know, um, um, and there's another word for it, but think about yeah. it, just group community centric. So now yeah. what you're saying is I'm going to take an individually centered approach and drop it into a group centric approach, community centric approach. Mm-hmm. You run the risk of either breaking up the community and, and turning that into an individual centric environment or the community, much like a heart transplant, rejects the transplant, rejects the regulation. Mm-hmm. because it's not in line with our cultural norms yeah yeah and that's so how do we actually get those alignments going on a global basis and um i don't think we know that's really interesting stuff you know it's, it's both in now and the future it's quite exciting that way i find yeah yeah <laughs> okay look that's absolutely brilliant mike and thanks thanks for that now you're talking about this in more detail in london um with the mobile ecosystem forum or MEF, an organization we both know and love and um, maybe talk about you. You're one of the, you're really the heart and soul of this. Maybe I hope I'm not, I'm not cutting anyone else out of it, but that's my feeling anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, this is so much fun. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's on the 25th. So you have a bit of time on the 25th, May 25th uh, in London and or online. So if you're not physically in London, you can join us online uh, for the live stream. And we are going to be hosting the MEF Connects ID and Auth the dawn of personal and organizational identity event. Hmm. And um, uh, for those that don't know this, the MEF, the Mobile Ecosystem Forum, is a global trade group. That It's a big tent trade group that brings players from all aspects of the mobile industry together. Uh, and that effectively, in the end of the day, because everyone's sitting here carrying a mobile phone, is mm-hmm. all of us, yeah. right? It's retailers, it's brands, it's carriers, it's telecom, it's regulators, it's policymakers, it's marketers, it's everybody right? Because mobile is so infused within society today. Um, and what we're going to be talking about is everything that I just talked about, but more, but in practice, mm-hmm. like, how are we going to put this into practice? And there's other, there's another two really important ex- extremes. So if you think about those two rivers on the, on the Amazon river, what we call the organizational centric river, what do we need to get under control there? We need to get what we're going to call organizational identity. Mm-hmm. And on the other river, the Black River, the Guinness River, the people-centric river, what do we need to have under control there? Personal data and identity. Right. So the morning's going to be about the, the organizational identity. The afternoon's going to be about personal data and identity. The afternoon, we're going to be talking about just what we talked about, regulations, rules, the implications of EIDAS, the emergence of a smart wallet that will actually give people control of their data, the emergence of these personal information management services that will give people control of their data, tools and utilities that people will be able to safely be able to share their their age, for example. And, mm. and this is really interesting. Age is, su- is such an exciting thing, not just about online, but actually in what I'm starting to call the Fidgiverse. The, the Fidgiverse. Yeah, the physical digital verse versus <laughs> the metaverse, right? <laughs> because we're digital beings now. We're digital. And I got, I got, I'm going to put that world. word in the show card, Michael. What? Uh, I'll put that word in the show card. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, who uh, needs the who needs the metaverse when we actually have the Fidgiverse today? <laughs> and we're going to be learning about, for example, in a physical environment, how do I cryptographically, with one hundred percent certainty, be able to show somebody my age? Yes, I'm over twenty one. You can give me a beer mm. without actually disclosing any more other information than other than yes. You don't need to know my name. You don't need to know my address. You don't need to know my eye color. You don't need to know my birth date. You probably don't even have to know the exact. You don't even have to know the exact age. No, no. You just those who are a bit shy about that now. Yeah, you just need to know. Yes, 
Yeah. And so the next generation technologies through smart wallets, for example, will allow someone mm. to walk up, have a QR code scanned on their phone, and all that comes back is yes. Mm. And, the, and the scan, the organization scanning that code with 100% legal certainty can say, okay. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. That, that's what we're talking about. Now, on the organizational side, now this is this is key. And this is what's so exciting about this. This event is the first event ever in the history of the world wow. to be talking about organizational identity in wow. the way that we're doing it. And what's happening is there is a new concept that was just birthed in Tim Ruff. I'm going to give him attribution to it, but he's not the only one that's been doing it. It's been around for a while. But organizational identity is this idea that we can, because think about it, most of identity management today has been about how does a company know who I am? Mm -hmm. How does Amazon know it's Michael Becker? Right? Well, how does Michael Becker know it's Amazon? Mm. So organizational identity is all about the tools and services that we're going to put into industry that allows us as society, not just individuals, but supply chains, governments, to with 100% certainty to know that in fact is the company that yeah. I think it is. Now, more importantly, not only do I want to know who the company is, I want to know with both cryptographic certainty, the, the identification and authority, the delegated authority of any representative of that company, a human being, a bot, an mm. API, a message like an RCS message. Yeah. So imagine this. So now with organizational identity, we now can basically root out all fraud. We can root out all miscommunication because yeah. I now cryptographically know who the company is. I now cryptographically know who the individual is. Those two can now connect. Yeah. And then upon the connecting, we can now finally, once and for all, rebuild the internet that we always should have had, the Fijiverse that we always should have had, but now based on trust and reputation. Okay, that's brilliant. So, look, my, the one important thing we didn't mention about the event is that it's free. It's free. absolutely, absolutely yeah. free. And I, I both of us know MEF or Mobile Ecosystem Forum is a really reputable and innovative organization. So I recommend anyone who's listening, who's in, in the industry, to maybe to check them out. And look, Mike, on this podcast, the, the guest gets to nominate the playout song. Um, so maybe it, you're into music a bit. I hope one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, love it. I'm not very good yeah. at it, but I love it. <laughs> what's your What's your taste of music? Oh, I'm a 1970s boy. You know, I'm I'm into Led Zeppelin and uh, you know you know or or in, into the 80s. You know, ZZ Top and you know, so I'm the playout song is going to be a good one. Then I can tell already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what would you nominate? What song would you like to hear as a playout song? Uh, how about, let me think about it. What's the name of, uh, the Kinks has a good song called Party Line. Kinks, right? Yeah, let's see if I can find it. Um, because it actually plays itself out. The Kinks Party Line song, 1965. And it's all about how, um, I, I don't know who's on the other end of the call. Right? So if you think about right. it from a privacy privacy perspective, <laughs> that whole song's about who's on the other line, who, who's on the other party line, sorry, the party line. So remember the old phones when you get on the yeah, phone, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, no yeah. idea who's on the other line? Yeah. That, that's kind of what we're experiencing right now. An organizational <laughs> identity is going to solve that. Right? Because I'm, Listen, not, I'm not going to be able to know who's on the other end of the line. Okay, that's brilliant, Mike. Look, thanks very much for being on the podcast. Uh, really interesting and stimulating um, speaker. Um, we look forward to seeing you at the event. No, thank you. And I, I, everyone, please join. As, as Pat has said, it's free. 
You can be there in person. You can be there online. You can be part of the community. And it's just going to be epic. Right. So and detail, really details are on the show card and on the post. So thanks. Yeah. thanks Thank Michael. you very much. Hello, who is that speaking, please? I'm on a party line, wondering all the time Who's on the other end? Is she big, is she small? Is she a she at all? Who's on that party line? Wish I had a more direct connection This party line is here with Connection. This bottom line was here when I arrived.